Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two ladies on an adventure. Listen along every 10 days or so as we cook a dish we like. Quest about cannabis education. Or chat with someone we respect. You can find more information about this episode at highgluttony.com. Thanks for joining us, gluttoneers. Off we go. Let's get to it. How are you doing this week, Becca? I'm good. I want to mention that we're recording this in early October. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but what I'm about to say has to do with Halloween. So if this is after Halloween, so sorry when you're hearing this, but I bought a bunch of gourds today and I got really excited to put them out on the front door and have some trick-or-treaters. And then James and I both got really excited and kind of freaked out about the idea of trick-or-treaters. And we were like, are they going to be wearing masks? Are we going to be like real close to them at the door? Or like, you know, like put a line. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to put a little gate. (laughs) Chuck can, get him. (laughs) Yeah, just throw it. He was like, I saw this thing where there was this whole system where this guy was on the second floor and then there was this PVC pipe and he would like yeah. drop it down to <laughs> the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to do that? He's like, no, I don't want to do that. But then, <laughs> like, so what are we going to do? Anyway, that's what I've been thinking about. Like, do we open the door or not? Do we leave candy out and a sign? I don't know. Do you get trick-or-treaters? Not last year, but mm. Some it seems to vary. Some years I get a lot, and then other years I get like none. It's rare. It's even before COVID, like it was, it was spotty. It was you never knew what you were gonna get. Like the one year I bought a ton of candy, like nobody came, and then like the next year I didn't buy as much candy, and then all I ran out of candy. Yep, can't win. Can't win at all on the candy front. Well, what was on your mind before I made you Mm. talk to me about Halloween? Speaking of COVID, I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about this, that there's a guy that lives around the corner from you. Yeah. And he had a sign in his yard for Trump Pence. And over time, he's been changing the messages on the signs. And he got in trouble from the city, I think, for when he put up one that said that the COVID vaccine had caused 10,000 deaths, which is because it's just not fucking true. So then he took down his little sign that he had obnoxious messages obnoxious Fox News talking point messages on. And now he has a big ass sign that he puts on the back of his truck. And then during the day, he pulls his truck out and puts it on the road. And then in the evening, he backs it back into his driveway and puts the sign away so that he doesn't have a permanent sign, but he's still like putting out some fucking nonsense. Mm -hmm. So you can tell this gets me really fired up because he has a rotating set of signs. They change (laughs) pretty frequently. So now the COVID vaccine has caused 16,000 deaths. Now it's up and to counting, 16, apparently. Yes, yeah. 16,000 counting. Fucking today. Today, it's the COVID vaccine has caused disability in 71,000 people. And I was like, so let's think about the fucking math here. The, f- the vaccine has caused 700,000 people to die and countless more people to also be fucking disabled from like the messed up shit that happened in their lungs and heart and whatever that got affected by having COVID, which is probably in the hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. not to mention the people that have like long COVID because mm-hmm. he's just got a fucking nothing worth even approaching reality on 
these signs. Mm-hmm. I'm angry about that today. What I really want to do is get a paintball gun and then just <laughs> drive by it and mm-hmm. paint, paintball over his fucking signs. Yep. Or write, you're an idiot across it in big letters. <laughs> There's lots of things I would like to do these signs. I like when it was a permanent thing, I wanted to cut the posts down and or hit it with my car. I thought about doing that too. I'm sure. I yeah. can imagine that. Yep. Just to drive right through. Whoops. Don't oh, know how that oopsie. happened. Ooh. And um, so I've had lots of fantasies about how I could destroy this man, this man's fucking signs. Rage, Rage at the misinformation that our society seems to be dwelling in right now. Yeah. I'm going to try to calm down a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to try some new weed today and see how that does. Well, you saying signs wanting to like rage at the signs made me think right before we were leaving Salt Lake, we would just drive around and James would drive and I would smoke a pen in the car. And it was like the only way we loosely felt comfortable. We would pass all of these street signs in people's yards that would say like, slow down, 20 is plenty. And we like one day I was like, we should just go around and put a four in front of all of those before we leave so that it would say slow down 420 is plenty. <laughs> and we like would drive around and be like, we would do that one and we would do it to that one. Oh God. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. we, we want vandalism apparently. <laughs> so you said you're smoking something new. I hope it's relaxing. What is it? <laughs> It is from my one of my favorite brands right now, the Layun brand, which I still don't know how to pronounce it. So I'm going to keep saying Layun until I know otherwise. <laughs> and this is a flower version of their Soulberry. And it's apparently quite high potency. This is especially for my weak constitution when it comes to processing cannabis, cannabinoids. So I am going to take it easy. Oh, it does say, here we go. Yes, this I would agree. It's 28. 97% THC. Good, Ooh, fun. good chunk. Yeah. So that's why I'm hit, using my one hitter. <laughs> I get one hit and we <laughs> get to see what that does. We are rationing Gretchen these days. <laughs> otherwise Gretchen gets real rambly and windy with what she talks about. Well, what, that sounds what it, exciting though. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm anxious to try it. So I'm going to go ahead. But uh, what are you having? So because I'm in Las Vegas again, I can smoke flour and feel super comfortable. So I just enjoyed some hybrid Sunset Mac from Shango. And I was using my long mist handy little pipe, which is just like a medium size little just perfect does the trick pipe. So I'm feeling great. I'm also sipping on a drink that we made a little while ago. What? Me too. What a shocking surprise. (laughs) We loved it when we made it before. And so we're just enjoying it again. So we're starting to feel a little relaxed, which is great because we are going to be baking today. And I love taking my time with baking and getting it right, trying to. And we're going to be making super thick chocolate chip cookies using toasted caramel sugar whoa 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 well we do have to confess that this we've actually recorded this exact thing before and abandoned that episode in favor of re-recording a new thing about just toasted sugar which is awesome go check it out our very first episode but we figured it wouldn't hurt us if 
uh, you know, we made some of those cookies again because they're delicious. So we're going to make the cookies and bake the cookies today, even though the recipe does recommend letting them sit overnight. So we're doing a quick version today, but of course, Gretchen's gone a little bit above and beyond like usual. I'm being a little extra and doing an experiment where I made a batch last night and we are going to bake them side by side with the batch we are making today so that we can see that effect of the the resting in real time. Yeah. So Gretchen, what what world level would you say this is? Now, if you just make the cookies, we're going to get in at a world level two. But since the toasted sugar really does make or break this cookie, got to say, you got to do the toasted sugar. And that increases the difficulty to a world level three because you got to plan in the time to do the sugar in advance of the cookie. Or you can just be like me and just have it around all the time now and put it in everything. <laughs> Never not have toasted sugar. Yeah. Which we've actually decided is caramelized sugar. It is toasted, but we prefer to call it caramelized. Well, it's granulated caramel. That's, that's right. It, granulated that's, caramel. That's what we call not, it. Yes. Thank you. I don't know I, what we call it. I love to abbreviate to granumel, but I think you hate that. So. <laughs> we are using recipes from Serious Eat. The toasted sugar has its own recipe. It's called How to Make Caramel Without Melting Sugar. And then, as we said, the recipe name for the cookies is Super Thick Chocolate Chip Cookie Recipe. And we'll post both of those at highgluttony.com. What special equipment do we need today, Gretchen? What are we going to be using to make these delicious fucking massive cookies? A mixer can be very important. Preferably a stand mixer, just because I think it's got a little more oomph to it. So it makes makes it a little bit easier, but you can use a hand mixer if that's what you got, but don't try and do cookies by hand. And then a sheet pan and an oven. That's pretty much what we need today. Nothing particularly complicated. I mean, I've made cookies before. Is there anything out of the ordinary here? What are our steps? So we start, well, okay. So these are a little bit of weird cookies. Like they're slightly odd because there are some things that she does that I'm like, this is, this is kind of strange. So we'll probably just go through the steps and I'll provide commentary. And that's how this is going to (laughs) go. So we're going to make the dough, portion out the dough. The recommended thing to do after you portion the dough is to let it rest overnight or longer. You can also store some in the freezer for later. So you can have fresh cookies whenever you want and then bake them. But we are going to skip that overnight resting and just go straight for the oven to make our lives easier because we're pretty sure the first time we did this, we did not rest them overnight. We just did it straight up. So we also can't remember and clearly can't be bothered to go back and listen. So (laughs) we just make guesses. All right. So you'll tell us when we get to the steps, some of those intricacies that you find interesting and probably have something important that they add, but we never know until later. Should I read the ingredients and you can then talk us through the, the steps in more detail? Yeah, let's do that. Today for our chocolate chip cookies, we are using four ounces of unsalted butter softened to about 65 degrees. I see this note now, did not pull my butter out earlier, but I see now I should have four ounces of light brown sugar, 3.5 ounces of granulated caramel sugar, toasted sugar, or white sugar. If you don't have that two teaspoons of diamond kosher salt or kosher, any kosher salt, a half an ounce of vanilla extract, 
one and three quarter teaspoons of baking powder, one teaspoon baking soda, one pinch of nutmeg, two large eggs, 10 ounces of all-purpose flour, 15 ounces of mixed chocolate chips. So I just got some chunks and then the chips. And then eight and a half ounces of nut. And I'll be using a combo of pecans and walnuts because I thought I knew where the pecans were and I didn't, but I found the walnuts and I went to pull the walnuts out of a box and the pecans literally fell out of the bag they were in and spilled all over. And I was like, I guess I'm using both. (laughs) I bought semi-sweet dark chocolate and milk chocolate chips at the local market. Those are my three varieties. It's not mixed shape. It's mixed chocolate style. Mine are also three different sizes. So I mean, okay. I just solely interpreted that as shape. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure they said assorted chocolate chips. She explains why at some point in this recipe. I'm sorry, who's the author of these recipes? It's the same person, right? And you really enjoy her. Yes, her name. Hold on. It's like, I know her name's Stella. Stella Parks. Miss Stella Parks. We're also going to do an amazing looking pistachio bun from her in the next little while. So you guys could look forward to that fun little project. Did you say pistachio bun? Yeah. Mm but I have to talk Becca into blanching and peeling pistachios before I can make her do that. Let me rest up. (laughs) (laughs) Stella says in regards to the chips, with a mixture of chips and less sugar than flour, these cookies may have a distinctive ratio of ingredients, but the ingredients themselves are quite familiar. Oh, never mind. No. (laughs) Not the detail. (laughs) Sorry. No, I did find, no, this is, I was like, I know she wrote something more specific. It is actually the sentence before that paragraph. She says, a blend of chocolate chips will give the cookies a greater complexity of flavor and texture as well. So uh, you're not wrong. Just it can be both, though. It can be both because you're, yeah, texture, flavor, and texture. Cool. Given the, given the different si- sizes of chips and chunks on the market. So really, her only specification is don't use chopped chocolate. Awesome. Well, then could you talk us through just the steps that we'll be doing right away? What are we going to be doing next? Step one, prepare the dough. Combine butter, light brown sugar, white sugar, white toasted sugar really is what it should say. Vanilla extract, salt, baking powder, baking soda, and nutmeg in the bowl of the sand mixer. So this is the where like it starts to be a little unusual because usually you're just doing the butter and sugars and maybe the salt at the same time. Usually the baking powder and baking soda are mixed in with the flour and added in that step. So this is a little bit unusual. And all I can think is that she's done this so that she doesn't want to eat it right away because (laughs) that baking powder and baking soda give like a chemically taste to it. (laughs) Because one of my favorite things to do right after that beating the sugar and butter together step, I love eating that combo. (laughs) So good. Oh my God. And don't even get us started on cookie dough. Like, right. I mean, it's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And adding the vanilla extract and nutmeg, because I believe the popular concept is that vanilla should be added at the end because it's delicate. And so if you're whipping it around, it could dissipate. So I don't know what the thinking is on that, but just pointing it out, it's weird, but where you go with it because we've done it before. It's an amazing, an amazing cookie. 
So we're gonna start with that paddle attachment, mix on low to moisten, and then increase the speed to medium and beat until soft and fluffy and pale, about eight minutes. We might turn the sound off or something. Halfway through that eight minute beat down of butter and sugar. <laughs> and vanilla. And vanilla <laughs> and other things. Pause to scrape the bowl and beater with a, flex with a flexible spatula. With the mixer running, add the eggs one at a time, letting each incorporate fully before adding the next. Reduce speed to low, add all the flour at once. Once the flour is incorporated, add the chocolate chips and nuts and keep mixing until the dough is homogenous. It's a 10 point word. <laughs> Do we add the eggs at that halfway point? So at four no. minutes in, oh, after eight minutes, we add the eggs. Yes. yes. I see. It's I just, wish that was a little clearer on the recipe. So, so what we're going to do is beat it on medium or whatever the, what was it? Low to moisten and then medium to beat. To beat. So when we turn it up to medium, we run it on medium for four minutes, shut the mixer off, scrape everything real well to make sure that you're getting anything that like is on the outside tried of the to, bowl mixed tried back to run in. Away. Yeah. Tried to run away. Tried to avoid incorporating with the rest of the ingredients. <laughs> Then once you've got another four medium, four medium minutes, <laughs> yep, medium minutes, four medium speed minutes, you're adding an egg, one egg, then beating until that egg is fully incorporated, and the other egg beat until that's fully incorporated. Then you reduce then the, the flour. speed to low and add the flour. Got to reduce that speed, otherwise you're going to get flour just flying everywhere. So. <laughs> flour tornado. I'll do that. I'm sure I'll make a mess. I've already <laughs> made like way. five messes today. So, oh my gosh, no kidding. So Once should we pause there? Cause we'll do those steps and then talk through the separating and stuff after. Well, I mean, just, did I finish? Did I actually say that we add the chocolate chips and nuts? Oh, we did. Mm -hmm. I did yeah, say that. Said right. 10 point word. Yeah. 10 point word. Homogen yes. I once yeah. I got to that word. I was like, oh yeah, I did. I said that. <laughs> okay. Step one. Time to go to the mixer. <laughs> oh, I gotta get my paddle. I was such a good adult today. I cleaned my compost bin. Nice. The one that goes in the kitchen that's always dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I should be ashamed of myself for being a chef and having this dirty ass bin in here. Oops. I've got my butter in there. Got my flour over here. Oh, I gotta get my my sugars and other items to the bowl. You're adding I, all the first stuff to the bowl? Yes. So my I've been doing a terrible job of keeping my brown sugar soft. Oh. Mm -hmm. And right now I've got an enormous chunk of brown sugar in this. <laughs> so this might be kind of interesting. Let's <laughs> see how this all shakes out. Okay. I'm going to start mixing. Okay. Finally, I am starting mine. I'm going to put eight minutes on the clock. Well, it's done scraping over here. Okay, you're at the four-minute point. Yep. All right, I am 15 seconds behind you. Well, I'm, I'm done scraping, so I, I think I've been scraping for at least 20 seconds, but... <laughs> okay, I see. I'm about to go. Here I go again. Okay. Get my eggs out. The cold eggs. Yeah, because she's specific about that. So I took my eggs out when I wasn't supposed to, and I didn't take my butter out when I was supposed to. <laughs> Well, some days are like that. <laughs> I'm lucky I had eggs. <laughs> that is truly the thing. Had you not had eggs, <laughs> much different path. <laughs> New plan. All right. I'm six minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. I have 45 seconds left. 
I only have 30 seconds left too. 15, 14, 13, 12, three, two, one. I stopped the mixer to scrape down the sides because one of the disadvantages of using a stand mixer or anything like this is that the bowl is quite large. So sometimes doing a double batch is almost better because it doesn't just spend all of its time hanging out on the sides of the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you stopped. We've done, we've both done eight minutes now. We paused Mm -hmm. at the four minute mark. We've done our eight minutes of medium speed mixing. And now we're going to add our eggs one at a time. And remind me again, is this low speed? While we add the eggs? Just says with the mixer running. So I think same speed. Medium. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to turn turn back on here. Same. All right. So my first egg is pretty much uh-oh, incorporated. Cracking my second. Okay. I'm adding my second egg. I'm going to scrape my bowl again. That got soupy. Yeah. That's what happens when you add egg. Moisture uh, level really comes up. So... <laughs> The first one looked normal, and then I added the second one and turned away, and it was totally different. Mine come together pretty well at this point. So we're about to turn on to low and add our flour. Okay. Proceed with the turning on to low. Mine's got a stir setting, so I'm using that. Okay, same. Make sure everything gets mixed real well. Chill homogenous, right? Right. And then we add nuts and chocolate chips. Yes. Okay. I think mine might be blended or well mixed. Mine is all ready to roll. I got to do just a little more mixing. You have one last stir. Mm-hmm. Okay. All my nuts are just mashing at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sticky. Yeah. My dough is really sticky too. Oh my gosh. This is like just only sticking to my hands. I don't want to over mix it. So I'm going to stop. Yeah. All right. We have both success- successfully mixed our dough. What are we doing next? So once we've mixed our dough, we have that all good and together. We are going to portion out our cookies. These cookies are from in the style of a particular bakery in New York that apparently makes these enormous, like thick cookies. So they generally have a six ounce portion. So they're huge, huge cookie. And I can't be bothered to eat that big of a cookie. So I do a two ounce portion. So a smaller portion on the cookie does work. And then once you've got them portioned out, you let them rest overnight. I did make the mistake the first time going through being like, they can rest overnight and then I'll portion them. No, you need it. You need that soft dough. So you were commenting that the dough is really soft. You you need that soft of a dough because there's so much stuff in it, like all the chocolate chips and all the nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that dough's got to be soft because once it's cold, it bind, binds it together. So unless you want one enormous cookie, then <laughs> I recommend port portioning first and then (laughs) storing overnight got it so divide them up into two to six ounces and then wrap them in plastic and you're supposed to let them sit in the fridge for 12 hours but we're not going to do that we're just going to cook them so we're preheating the oven 350 degrees and you're lining a sheet pan or cookie pan with parchment paper and then you'll put it oh four you're only supposed to be four of those giant cookies on a sheet tray at a time. Okay. (laughs) Mine are smaller. They're (laughs) only two ounces. (laughs) So how long do those bake? At the big size, 22 minutes. And you're also trying to measure so that you can see what the internal temperature is. So you're looking for an internal temperature between 175 and 180 degrees Fahrenheit. So this is also one of those weird things about this cookie. 
where she's recommending an internal temperature. That's for meat. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of measuring the internal temperature of a cookie because they're supposed to be huge. I mm-hmm. guess it works with this. Like you wouldn't be able to do this with just every single cookie you make either. So <laughs> sure. She does say also that the ideal temperature will vary from person to person. So future rounds can be baked more or less to just, to achieve desired consistency. So she's very inclusive. She encourages you to experiment. (laughs) Cool the cookies directly on the baking sheet until they are no warmer than 100 degrees. No eating them while they're hot. Apparently that is a bad Mm -hmm. idea. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Enjoy warm or within 12 hours. These cookies taste best when freshly baked. I argue with this because these were delicious for several days after we (laughs) ate them last time. (laughs) As good? I don't know. They were great. I mean, they're good. I'm not. Yeah. They're so good. They're just so good. I am weighing mine out into equal portions and eating a dough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm doing about two ounces per cookie because I like them a little smaller. I don't like to be committed to an enormous cookie. (laughs) How many are you cooking at a time? So I'm doing, I'm doing 12. At once? At once, which I may live to regret. Okay. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start mine, my cookies. I'm going. Well, yours are in the oven. I'm about to put mine in the oven. So while we wait for those to bake, let's talk about some other stuff. Should we go sit down and get relaxed a little bit more? Oh, Ginger's yeah. in my chair. <laughs> Shit. All right, I'll sit on the couch then. I'm going to get some more wassail and I'm going to grab a pen. Okay, so the granulated caramel is pretty fucking cool. How does that work? Just as a reminder, since it's been over a year since we released that episode. So tell me again how it works. Most of the time when you make caramel, you like completely break down the sugar, you dissolve it in water and then convert it over to that caramel stage. But this toasted sugar technique gives you the ability to make a granulated caramel, which just lends more complexity to things. She says it works exactly the same as white sugar, but after learning that it does completely change the physical structure of it, I, I think I've actually come across a recipe where it doesn't work the same, but that's because the process of heating it turns it into thousands of new different chemicals. So it's, it's not sugar anymore as you're applying the heat to it and you just kind of do a low, low and slow cook on it. So it takes a while to do that but you're turning the, the, the sugar into something completely different. And it's pretty exciting. It's yeah. like when you cook cannabis, because you have to heat cannabis in order to get the right THC to do all the fun things that we, we like about cannabis. <laughs> right. So just as a reminder, if you're going to cook with cannabis, in particular flour, you want to decarboxylate it, like we're saying, which is basically just heat it up to get it to a specific temperature to release those psychoactive. Well, we've learned psychoactive isn't necessarily the best word, but for lack of a better word right now, those psychoactive properties. Mm -hmm. And then, so is it the same temperature? Is it the same process? Because with the caramel, with the granulated caramel, we basically just pour it out into a glass dish, into a baking dish with sides, like a lasagna dish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. and then bake it at 350 and stir it quite often. So how does the process look with cannabis flour? Don't typically stir it. 
<laughs> still delicate. <laughs> it's delicate. Yeah, it'll start breaking apart and you don't want that. Whereas with the sugar, you do actually want to keep the particles separated. So that's why you need to stir it. But mostly you just need to heat consistently through on the cannabis. So keeping it in a low kind of slower cooking environment will allow you to preserve some of the terpenes and some of those other good things that you want to keep in there. And you have to do that with the the sugar too, because otherwise it heats up too quickly in one area and melts. And then another area won't melt as quickly. So you'll have uneven heating. Does that answer your question? I think so. (laughs) So pretty similar process. It's changing things. It's activating things for both. And then for the cannabis, once you've cooked it, once you've heated it up, once you've decarboxylated it, what's the next step? You want to mix it with a fat, right? Or Most an alcohol. But successfully. Yeah. yeah. Or I mean, easiestly. The, the best uh, vehicle is yeah, yes. fat. It, <laughs> it works you. best in yeah. fat. Alcohol <laughs> works too, but fat is, does a better job. So we talked about this earlier, but we decided it would be too much with the other experiment Gretchen was doing with the rested dough and non-rested dough, but you had wanted to make some cannabis butter and use that today too. Right. Well, I have the butter. I actually do already have the butter. I just, (laughs) because the butter that I made is not a whole butter. It was adding another component of something that could go to, could affect the trial of baking the two different, the rested versus non-rested cookies next to each other. So I didn't want to add another variable to that experiment. One hell or good experiment at a time. (laughs) Sorry, Ginger's being really cute. She's over here cuddling with me and like just really happy. So yeah, so that is one of the the really nice things about this recipe is using that toasted sugar and how I came across that originally because it has changed my life. Yeah. Remind us again, how did you come across it originally? I think in, in relation to this recipe, I think I came across the recipe for the cookies first and then sugar came up in addition to that. Got it. Stella Parks. Stella Parks. Oh. You caramely minks. Yeah, right. You caramely <laughs> winks. Are you checking your cookies? How do they I look? I am. They look really good. Uh, they are at, still climbing. Still climbing. The probe is in the direct center of the cookie. Okay. So my the ones that didn't sit overnight, they're currently at 176. My ones that were in that rested overnight. But I did get these out of the fridge. So these are at 174, 5, 6. Okay, same temperature. Okay, mine are done. I think that so was maybe 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So so with the smaller size, you do not need to go the full 22. Mm-mm. Nope, and they're done. Sorry if I missed this, but did you cook both rested and non-rested right now? Or yes. you just did? Okay. Yes, I did them next to each other. Got it. And why did you yelp? What happened? I forgot to put the nut the nutmeg in. Oh, nutmeg. And I bought new nutmeg. No. No, Meg. No, Meg. My well, cookies are shit. incomplete. Just think about nutmeg when you eat it, and maybe you'll taste it a little. Okay, I'm not seeing a huge difference here in the actual, like... In the in the look and consistency right away? Mm-hmm. 
they look the same. <laughs> it looks like maybe I can't tell if it's just the way they were mixed, but the ones on the right look a little bit more like you can see more of like the nuts and the chips towards the top versus the ones on the left. Yeah. Which ones right. are on the on the right? So this one? Yeah. That's the one that's today's. So not rested. So not the not rested. rested one looks mixed a little more at the surface still. Yeah. And the rested one, those chips and nuts have settled a little more into the dough. Yeah, they're you're you're right. Interesting. But, but not a ton of difference. Mm-mm. So you'll have to taste them. I will have to taste them, but I'm not gonna subject you to having to wait for that all day. How are your cookies looking? I don't know. I set the oven timer. I still have <laughs> 10 minutes. And I did the I did four big ones. So I'm mm. just gonna let them go and then check them in so another five or so. <laughs> but since but we know these- they're de- yeah, we know they're delicious. <laughs> we know they're delicious. We've done them before. It's a noble experiment that we're doing. <laughs> oh, we are sacrificing. We are certainly sacrificing by making these cookies for at least the third time. (laughs) The hardest thing I've ever had to do. (laughs) So hard. So hard. So we will post the recipe and our, the recipes and our thoughts at highgluttony.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for pictures and super thick chocolate chip cookies using caramel, no, granulated caramel. caramel. Wow. On the books. Finally got the books. an episode out. <laughs> yeah. Mission fucking accomplished. God, that took forever. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, Gluttoneers. We are having fun. We are growing. We are excited to see our listeners in new places. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Tell a friend and tell five friends. <laughs> tell five friends. <laughs> Please and thank you. Please and thank you. And off we go. Off we go. <laughs> now it's just castanets. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when yours mutes out, I need to start mine. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. Or something. Whew. <laughs> <laughs>